Hello and welcome to Connected, the podcast about people, ideas, marketing and everything that's good in our in our world. Um, I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom and um, today I'm speaking to you, Sue Uniman. Hello. Hello. Uh, so you are the Chief Strategy Officer at Mediacom. You're also a council member at the Open University. You sit on the University of Oxford Public Affairs Advisory Group and you were on the advisory board of the Government Digital Service and you were on and you are on the Corporate Development Board of Women's Aid. How do you have the time for all that stuff? Um, I, I, as, you, as you know probably, um, I never go out socially. <laughs> and um, So it's all just work, work, work 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 and let's go straight into work 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 uh what does a chief strategy officer actually do like as an example what what did you do last week um well i um went along to a new business pitch having helped develop the work for it um and new business we haven't heard back actually but new business is the lifeblood of mediacom um it's what makes us uh, good at what we do because we constantly have to examine everything that we do and say where is the edge and I guess overall that's what my role is is to make sure that everybody understands that good enough is never good enough Mm. and that we can always get better and if the job was relevant when I started doing it which is probably a decade ago now it just gets even more relevant because things are changing so fast and you need some perspective on everything in order to understand what of the new changes are worthwhile and what are a waste of time Um, so what I try to do is make sure that everybody makes their work not just as good as it needs to be but a little bit better than that and that we are working and changing at a pace that's agile enough for 2016, 17, 18 up to 20 but beyond Interesting. Okay, so you're starting to talk about thinking forward and thinking three, four years ahead. So what characteristics do you think that every great strategist has? I think perspective is definitely one of them. And I wonder, do do, do you just, do I think three, four years ahead? I think if we've learned anything about this year and politics for this year and events of this year, it's that you're probably pretty much an idiot if you place all your bets on predictions because nobody knows what's going to happen. Um, I think I think it's perspective and I think it's the ability to focus at the same time as multitask if that doesn't sound a bit impossible. But I was thinking about, I was asked this question by um, someone from Mediacom Global, for, I think for their website, and they said, what, what keeps you interested in going and everything? And I think the fascinating thing for me about this job is that it's changed completely since I started doing it and, it and it hasn't changed at all since I started doing mm. it. So it's changed completely in the sense that back in the day, well, I started as a TV buyer, actually, mm. but um, uh, back in the day there was TV, radio, a- outdoor, press, cinema, and it was a fairly clear decision about how you worked out which of those to use and then the content that filled those spaces that we planned and bought was advertising made by creative agencies and now it's so much more complicated and interesting than that in that there's tv radio outdoor cinema etc but some of the space and some of the ways we seek to influence the target market is through brand content branded created content that we might co-produce with a media owner on behalf of a client and then of course there's how we um, uh, find out what people are saying about us 
you know, in social and then try and influence that for a brand. So it's got much more complicated and, and intricate than that. But the things that have stayed the same is that when I started, the day I started, the job was to find ways of persuading um, uh, an audience to change their behaviour or buy some more of the client's products, sell more stuff. And that's still the overall objective. Um, and um, I think although media has changed lots and lots motivation human motivation hasn't really changed at all so sorting out what's new from what's kind of maybe eternal is one of the, oh is one of the I just hit the microphone it's one of the very interesting things um, and being able to sort of love the new mm. and love heritage and understand where the two intersect. And one of the things I've been thinking about and saying recently is that I think Mediacom sits at the juxtaposition of the disruptors and the disrupted. And it's quite an uncomfortable mm. place, but it's it's probably quite precarious, but it's really interesting. And um, I think the main single characteristic that I believe a great strategist has, this is a really long rambling answer, <laughs> yeah. is dislike of being comfortable. Mm. Um, and perhaps a desire to make everybody else realise what an uncomfortable position they're in. Not to make people uncomfortable, but to stop false comfort. Yeah. Because false comfort is what kills companies. Really interesting. Uh, do you think that, actually, do you think that is... It feels very strange to be you asking me questions. I feel <laughs> like I should ask them back to you. Uh, <laughs> What characteristics do you believe a great strategist has, Esty? I mean, they need to have great perspective. They need to um, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. All that, all that stuff. Um, I think, I think it's, it's the ability to d- detach and not be and not be trapped in in their world because yeah, like you can't. You have to think as the other person does. You can't do strategy for, for you just in and of yourself. You have mm. to be thinking about what other people are thinking about. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's a strategy of none. It has to I mean, empathy. So empathy it's is empathy is and understanding. Well. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's putting yourself in that discomfort, being broken so that you can learn more, I think, yeah. I think is a really mm. important factor. Do you think that appreciating the heritage and also appreciate and loving the new, do you think that's more the case now than it's ever been? With yeah. the digital world that's constantly yeah, evolving, I think I think so. I think um, the businesses that have thrived have been the ones that love change, and the people that run them love change. And I was out this morning with a, a chief strategy officer mm. of a um, heritage media owner, um, and he was talking about the fact that that they were clear about the changes that they had to make, that they were in the process of making but that it was would take he accepted that it would take a long time to take everybody with them and i think you need to be more impatient than that um and you need to be less reasonable than that um and if you are impatient and unreasonable that's probably good characteristics now whereas i think they would have been a bit um, frowned upon last century, you you would mm. you, you know you'd tend to get told. So I mean, not 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 never working with the team of people that I work with here, but in previous jobs, you'd tend to get told, okay, but that other business model, that old business model, you know, look at how much money it's still making. Mm. Stop stirring things up. Mm. And I think now 
I hope everyone's recognising that those attitudes are um, disastrous. Do you think that's the Mediacom way, that demand, that, that unreasonableness, if that's the right word? Yeah, it doesn't sound very charming, does it? Uh, no, but it's very, it's very challenging and motivating for, the yeah. right, for, the, for a certain type of person. Yeah, and, I, and I, think, I think that's right. And I think, you know, we try and be, we are, I hope, a very comfortable place for lots and lots of people to work in. But the senior people in this company have always wanted, at the same time as wanting everyone to be quite comfortable, have themselves always been very comfortable with the idea that everything needs to change constantly. And I think I think our great lovers of change, and I think that stood us in great stead. Um, well, that, that's taken us on to the next question, which is, I mean, you've been with Mediacom since the early days. Since before it was Mediacom. Since before it was Mediacom. So you've, you've been around since all of Mediacom. What do you think it's always stood for? And what do you think it's evolved to be now? Um, so I think the business has always been about growing our clients. Mm. Um, and, you know, as you know, I, I'm trying to go around and say to every single person as individually <laughs> as I can in this building, whatever meeting you think you're in, whatever you think it's about, you're, you're not in that actual meeting. You're in a meeting about growing your client's business um, or helping your clients to grow. And uh, giving independent advice against that principle has stood us in good stead since the very early days. It's why we've grown. We've grown very organically Mm. over the last um, 25 years. um, And we have uh, more clients, more diverse range of clients and a more diverse range of people. And all of that has been very good for us and is very challenging. Um, So I think that's... uh, that that's it that's been the case since I first joined and started working with Stephen Allen um who was new business director of the media business when I joined in 1990 and is now our global CEO so I think that's what it's always stood for how has it evolved it's 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 a good question to ask but it's a difficult question to answer because change has always been part of that dna mm. so it is it 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 is constantly evolving fine the culture is constantly evolving so change it, isn't change in a, in a way is well i had this argument once with russell davis who's um uh just joined us uh, and he got a new role in chief strategy officer at a, an agency but has been working with the, the gds government digital service before that and um he he was sort of saying to me you know the culture is very difficult for companies to change culture and I suggest but our culture has always been about change and he said yes your culture has always been about change <laughs> yeah. that's not saying that you've changed culture that means yeah, yeah, yeah. that your culture is about change yeah. um, and I think probably it's a bit self-selecting so you enjoy working here if you love change if you like working with a diverse range of people mm. if you are happy to have your ideas challenged because we all challenge each other hopefully in a very you know, nice way. Amiable way. way. Amiable yeah. way. But we do challenge each other a lot. Um, and I think it's, 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 we are in a constant sense of evolution whilst remaining true to we're here to grow our clients and we are here to put people first. Really interesting. Um, so you've already talked about how you don't go out and things like that. <laughs> so one of the things I've, I mean, I really don't, though, as well. I don't think. I think people think I'm joking. Well, this is where the questions come from. So, what self beliefs do you hold that have influenced your career path? Self beliefs that I hold that have influenced my career path. Um, So, self beliefs that I hold. 
I think you're only as good as the next thing that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, I, I used to think that I wasn't competitive at all. So I would say that until I started working with Steve Allen, I if someone had said to me, you know, you competitive, I would have gone absolutely not. And I opted out of sports at school because, uh, you know, I was and this is going to shock listeners out there who know me but um, hmm. I was only ever five foot two so you know <laughs> I t- tended not to do well at netball and things like that um, and so I wasn't really involved in team sports um, and I would have said that you know I was I, I liked to be the best at what I did but um, you know I didn't really understand about teamwork um, when I started working at the media business with Steve Allen I got the point of teamwork I got the point that it's absolutely brilliant to be competitive on behalf of the team it's absolutely a joy to care about all of Mediacom working to their best of possible Mm. potential and you know that's my job my job is to make to help everybody who works um, for Mediacom be as good as they possibly can at Mm. their jobs Um, that's not really answering the question is it why is this a self-belief so, for What's, example, yeah, for, for example, I may believe that there's a certain type of person that I do not get along with, so therefore I try mm. to av- avoid those people, or I believe that I'm better at certain things, so I tend to move into those things without challenging myself on other things, or i very good with a certain uh, vertical or genre of client. Um, wh- what do you think about yourself that's got you to where you are today? Oh, I think I'm like, I think I'm an espresso. So, oh, there we go. That's what I think about myself. I think I'm a double espresso. So some, t- some people like a bit of a double espresso. Mm. They don't want double espresso five times a day necessarily. Mm. And sometimes, quite frankly, all they want is a decaf uh, latte. Yeah. Um, and I understand that. In fact, sometimes they only want weak tea and a biscuit. Um, so <laughs> I think I, I, I am intense. I've been told I'm intense. It's quite difficult when you are intense to recognise that you're intense that's something that people have told me a lot and I have tried and I have gone through training things that have tried to um, add a bit of milk I'd say full (laughs) fat milk to my intensity and it doesn't really work yeah Um, so that's what I believe about myself is um, uh, that uh, I'm intense and that probably means that I even get you know I have enough of my own company sometimes as well Mm -hmm. so I just like to shut up and Sit quietly. Yeah. Chill. That leaves us on to question five, which is you have a lovely pants of a strong, intense personality. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And also very good at working with all types of personalities. And what are your strategies? Communication dynamics is the thing. I hope everybody that works here goes to the communication dynamics course without telling you that your strong personality traits are problems it points out what your strong personality traits are and tells you how to flex those for people with different personality traits um and you know casting is very important in our business and we've talked about this it's if you're with someone who cares about you know culturally different things from you then that doesn't make them a bad person Mm. doesn't make you a good person and vice versa it just means that you might need to adjust how you are with them um so um i found communication dynamics um really helpful um i'd recommend it to everybody and i think um 
you know, I, I, I don't think everybody, all, all the types of personalities here would say that I'm good at working with them. I think, like, everybody got strengths and weaknesses. But what I hope I try and do is try and work out what the issue is. And I remember years and years ago, uh, and, you, and you've heard this story, a lot of people here have probably heard the story, but I got thrown out of a meeting um, uh, in, in a very bad way. And I was thinking about it afterwards, and there were some mistakes that I made. But also the casting was a huge mistake and I sort of ended up with, you know, if what you want is Meg Ryan in your meeting, don't cast Susan Sarandon. If what you want is Arnie Schwarzenegger, don't cast Dustin Hoffman. And I think getting that balance right in t- across teams but also um, with our client teams mm. um, is uh, something that, you know, you can't put pay much, too much attention to. So casting, having the right people in the room for the right, for the person to get the outcome that you want. Yeah, yeah. What's next? Well, that's a good question, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so um, I've just had a book published, which we haven't mentioned yet. No, I was going to. Astonishing. I was going uh, to. Congratulations! <laughs> it seems you. to be in a smash. But, but, well, we'll find out if we've sold any copies. But um, don't know sales figures yet. But the glass wall success strategies for women at work, and it started. Uh, I thought I wanted to write another book because. You know, I wrote the first one in 2012, Tell the Truth, and wanted to do a follow-up to it. And for various reasons, including Nick Lawson uh, suggesting this, I wrote a book instead about women and work. And that's become a real campaign. Um, I see we're doing a lot of um, talks, Catherine Jacob, my lovely co-author, and I, um, uh, both sort of public talks. And uh, because I think your mum heard us on LBC. She's indeed. She texts me on a Sunday. And... uh, um, but we've been going out to some some uh, companies as well, and really, uh, uh, my my ambition is is to start something that stops the kind of confusion at work that's sort of d- destroying actually very talented women's careers, mm. and also causing distress for both men and women at work, and sort of break that kind of kind of toxic. Pa- patriarchal power system that isn't good for for lots of talented people and lots of talented women and also not very good for business itself so I think if I can get that campaign really running and it absolutely feels like you know Donald Trump's working for me you know there's some other people I could name who have been in the print press um you know to 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 out this and get it sorted because that's enough now that's really crucial in terms of Mediacom and the day job. I mean, Mediacom, you know, is is a business that I am very strongly invested in. Um, what I would like to do um, next is do my very best to grow Mediacom and its people um, and our clients' business. And I guess if you'd asked me that question, you know, five years ago, ten years ago, I probably would have given a fairly similar Some answer, answer because yeah. my ambition is for us to be, you know, and it's very aligned with. Uh, Josh's ambition for the company but to be you know the best comms business on the planet which for me means basically known universe so So where 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 does that satisfaction come from because there'll be a lot of people listening myself included who will be wanting to progress and move forward quickly and and be very ambitious and driven and that's not to say for 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 myself and that's not to say that you're not but where does your satisfaction with going I'm in a great place now and I w- want to make everything around me better. Where, where's that come so, from? Because that's more fun. Yeah. So I, so until I, so that's sort of my point about, you know, when I first joined the media business and, and you know, it was Steve that introduced me to the idea and then, you know, working with Nick and Karen and yeah. Jane, 
Claude and Josh now and you know I think we all share that belief which is that being personally ambitious is okay mm-hmm. it's it's a bit distracting and Absolutely. I personally was always a bit ambivalent about it because you know I don't like well my first boss when I came here mm. a long time ago who doesn't want he once said to me okay when I first joined he said here's so and so here's your he's your equivalent you've got to beat him in order to get the next promotion and I said back to him well wouldn't it be better if we instead of beating each other we work together and beat the competition mm. wouldn't that be more productive for the company and I think that's Mediacom's culture actually the idea that we will help each other um, be better mm. and it so happens that on a personal level that's way more fulfilling than going I'm better than everyone else is to go we're better together um, yeah so it's it if it, it yeah so it's it's this much bigger buzz from us all succeeding i mm. think wonderful now onto our onto our regular questions that mm. i mean you often ask people yes so we, we what advice would you give to someone just starting a career in our business and you know this is the we get very similar answers to this all don't the time, we? which yeah. is put your hand put up your hand up do yeah. something difficult do something get involved difficult. in a pitch yeah no, I, I wouldn't say any of that i'd say <laughs> don't um, get involved in a pitch no do the uh, easy no i wouldn't say that i <laughs> know uh, that all of that's good advice but what i would say is um don't stay in uh, the box that you get put in mm. um, challenge everything I, I think probably that's quite a hard thing for a lot of people to do um, it seemed not to be that difficult for me and in fact it got me into quite extreme levels of trouble <laughs> trouble in some ways um, when I started out so I think perhaps you know I, I'm, I'm more naturally good at challenging authority but but do challenge authority. If somebody tells you to do something and you think there's a better way of doing it, then explain that to them. I mean, don't, you know, don't be yeah. as challenging probably as I was, but find a better way of doing something. Absolutely every single thing that happens in this building, I'm sure there's a better way of doing it out there. If you can find that, please share it. Please challenge mm. and um, everybody will love you for it. So that got me thinking actually is... What, what's the worst advice that's often given out then? Can, I haven't prepared you for this at all. Yeah. It's quite a big question to, to tampon because there's well, a lot of advice. To, do you want me to name names about... You know? I, I would love <laughs> you to name names. <laughs> I don't know. I once famously... But, you, you know, it's you and I talking, SD. So, you know, I once famously went to a NABS networking, speed networking um, evening and I'm sure it's your favourite thing to it do. Was, it was. I realised that at no point in my career would I voluntarily have gone to a NABS networking evening. But it, a lot of people were there. Everybody enjoyed it. Um, I um, apparently, although I don't remember this, said to people, "I wouldn't bother with networking if I were you. I'd stay back at the agency and do some work and Brilliant. rely on that." Yeah. Um, I think there is a point comes in your career where there's almost there's two paths for continued success there's being highly networked and there's doing you know some really outstanding work um i think it's important to do both i don't think i know anybody who does it 50 50 Mm. and i think most people would go 70 30 networking to um uh work work work, as it were and i would say 
you should go 70-30 the other way around. So I think you can overdo the old networking thing. Mm. You don't want to be so highly networked that you haven't got time to do any craft-based stuff. Yeah. But then I think probably I would say that, wouldn't I? So. Well, someone once told me, like, if you imagine your career as a pyramid, you're constantly building the layers. And if you built it on people, then people will crumble. Whereas right. old work can't crumble. Yeah. And old, old people can change history, but yeah. you can't change old work. Yeah. Yeah, good point. If you were a genie... What okay. five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle so to summon you? So these are your five. Go and read your five out. Uh, so, I mean, this, were, this was just an example. So I've always yeah. say Jaffa Cakes. I mean, Jaffa Cakes for me are, they're one of your five a day. They're <laughs> sweet, they're savoury, they're everything you want them to be. And they're, they're low in fat and they're great. Uh, I'd have something to do with Spurs. It'd be my, uh, probably my, my membership. I'd have a bookmark because I, I read. Mm. Um, I've got a bike pump down there, but it could be running shoes. Something to do with triathlon. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure it has to be something to do with Emma and probably something to do with the baby when it comes in January but okay. that's not really commonly available things, oh that's a very good point um, so you know I'm going to call you on your own which phrasing I hoisted by my own petard mm. I'm not sure I'm not sure <laughs> Sure just something doing. lonely just something just space just give me space just space. leave I'd like just space, space there leave the, leave the idea the, of space yes please okay so um, honestly I know this is going but a fruit but particularly <laughs> ripe cherries so right. I just a big bowl of ripe cherries are just out of season at the moment I'm, I miss cherries <laughs> um, uh, 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 a dirty vodka martini right uh, from the Sanderson is that commonly enough available I, it's, I mean, it could, it's okay, quite any, it could be any dirty first world problem sort of right, thing okay. but right. we I'd, can have I'd, that I'd, within reason yeah. um, that's two things um uh, I guess um, uh, uh, got commonly available, let, but let's say you know some um, uh, music. Uh, what mm. can I have? Can I have my iPod, or is that not commonly available? An iPod does a representative of, I think. Well, uh, we'd iPod. have to have a lot of Dylan on it. Oh, so you'd have so, to. So, which album would it be? An oh, album, oh, or would oh. it be the best of? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, oh. that's hard. Um, okay, uh, no, I have got an answer for this. Um, there's what, there's a bootleg series, and I would like could I I'd like the bootlegs or all of them, all of the bootleg series. Uh, yeah, I mean that's, the, that's the fact that you've gone much. for the rarest of the albums is well, is, is is still okay. within reason. Yeah, no, it's it's commonly available. Yeah, um, so that's that's three things. Um, uh, oh well, a kin a Kindle oh, yeah. with detective stories on it, and yeah. I don't really mind so no, long as I've got detective stories on. Um, not too gruesome. Mm-hmm. Um, surprisingly difficult isn't it, it is. um, and uh, oh uh, how about a stone circle right why but I'd like stone circles so I'd, as in a, stones a, in a circle yeah there's a Julian Cope book about Neanderthal um, erections of stone circles <laughs> that I, I have at yeah. home it's um, very good and we went through a phase where um, I would try and go and visit all of them right um, but unsurprisingly they're quite hard to find yeah. so you would sort of follow the directions and find that you were um, unless you knew how to work, uh, work knew how to work hmm. knew how to read an ordnance survey map that we were so so Mark and I and the, and the girls when they were little spent quite a lot of time traipsing across you know Dartmoor looking yeah. for elusive stone circles but you know I'd, I don't mind any stone circle would be, would be okay. fine very that interesting would, that would call me yeah. everyone's out of the house all the living yeah. th- have you got any pets? no they're all out the house. Yeah. Um, and no pets. What three things would you say from your house? That, so from I would grab a photo album. Mm-hmm. 
I would um, like to grab a jewellery box, not because it's got any valuable jewellery in, because yeah. it hasn't, but because, and it's, I am cheating a bit, but because it's got things that have been given to me by the girls or made for me by the girls when they were younger or picked out at Camden Market um, by the girls and jewellery from Mark, again, no, no, no diamonds, um, but also <laughs> a brooch that my mum um, recently gave me and... Um, a necklace that my auntie Joyce gave me some years ago that sure. I kind of treasure. So, uh, jewelry box, um, and then the third thing. Um, uh, we've got quite a few paintings. Um, again, nothing massively valuable, but that are quite have quite a lot of meaning, and I I don't really mind which one of them I grab. You I just, just grab the yeah. nearest one. Great. So, apart from your own. What book have you gifted the most? Or if you don't give away many books, what's your favourite book? Um, I have given a lot of people, um, and I, I have stopped doing it now because um, I'm not sure it was going down that well, but I've given a lot of people um, a copy of Addicted to Perfection by Marion Woodman because it was a life-changing book for me. Mm. But um, What's it about? Uh, it's about don't be addicted to perfection <laughs> it's 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 about women and it's about the fact that there are lots of women um and i i think it's a it's a sort of i don't know if it's curse of the modern age or if it's always been the same but lots of women want to be perfect in every respect mm. and it kind of kills you mm. um uh and it's about um stopping doing that and it was quite it was quite a I read it at a moment that when I was kind of in a state where I was really beating myself up about not being perfect about lots of things and it was um really healthy for me I then gave it to quite a lot of people and some of them pointed out that it was incredibly badly written um although I don't think it is I, I, but I've been told it has it is well, it's quite it's quite dense I suppose it's quite intense like I'm um and other people sort of said oh is it that book that's about people who are sort of frantic cleaners and no well no it isn't yeah but um th that that's the literal answer to the book that i've gifted the most this is my question this, this is your one. question so i've got an answer for this so which superhero do you like in yourself storm. to storm and why storm and who is storm so storm I is one storm of the x-men yeah um and has an affinity with the weather and I think there's something about that. There's something about... I, I kind of think there are people that I know who, when they come into a room, they can either lighten the weather or darken the weather. Mm. Um, I, I, I hope that I... I mean, I'm thinking of other people now that, that can absolutely do that. I hope that um, I would um, use my superhero power for good if, if that was the case. But I have literally been told that I, very often, that I am absolutely rubbish at hiding my feelings. Um, I would say so. And so um, in terms <laughs> of, I, I'm probably, I mean, Storm actually herself has more affinity with calling on the weather to help her in times of need I'd say I suppose I feel like I've got an affinity with her because um, I, I, I people have told me I can bring the weather with me that is lovely and not really and I mean we've zoomed through these questions <laughs> so, so we should chat more we, what, what superhero do you liken yourself to Ernest? oh man so I've always gone for the the, the, the DC uh, superheroes out of the Marvel ones because they're, they're the most flawed yeah so I've always liked the I've always liked Batman like I, I, I've been yeah. a big 
graphic novel, comic, whatever you want to call them, read all through my life. Mm. I always come back to Batman. I think that's why he's so popular because yeah. he's very human and he's very flawed. It's yeah. not just and it's not just physical. Like Superman is is physically flawed because of kryptonite and things mm. like that. Batman's got real mental problems. <laughs> he has. <laughs> like he's got yes. real mental problems, yeah. and he's in some ways he's got everything, and in other ways he's he's really badly off. There's also the thing where he did it himself. Like yeah. he came from nothing, not nothing, but he came from lots so, of disadvantages. Lots of disadvantages, yeah. and he Trouble. became this muscle-bound martial art freak by pure mental will he he had mm. the drive he had a vision and a drive and that's what i really 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 mm. like about him and it, really nothing was given to him really good outfits if you're into the sort of skin tight black no never but th- i mean if you compare though <laughs> with oh, the other superhero there's some outfits shockers, aren't there? yeah there's some shockers and so you know the the, the dressing in black well batman's first thing was he, he was a detective first yeah, and foremost yeah. he wasn't meant well, to be so a superhuman detective comics it was a detective they? comics yeah. yeah so yeah. and i love that mystery solving thing um he's also got the best bad guys as well across the range I haven't thought about this last one at all. Bill billboard. I mean, we're, we're in your office now, and I'm looking. I can see the billboard yeah. everyone always talks about. The one above, um, well, Jim Box, yeah. in Hoban. If we was give you a billboard, where would you put it, and what would it say? Well, at the moment, it would say "Smash the Glass Wall." Smash the Glass Wall. Um, <laughs> Buy on Amazon. Yeah, book out now. <laughs> but at all good bookshops. Um, but I think I might. I mean, oh, you know. The, I, as as you said at the beginning, I mean, I and my co-author Catherine Jacob both sit on the key supporters group for um, Women's Aid. Um, we're in a first world country. We have all sorts of problems that are about unfairness and inequ- in- inequity. Um, there are many women who are living in very de- desperate circumstances who don't have. Um, a place to go or a refuge to um, go to, and I think, yeah, you know, that, that that's why we're both involved in the charity is to try and help that. But I think, you know, wh- where would where would I put it? I'd I'd like I'd really like the eight hour door six sheet campaign that they did for my book because it's very, very prominent, and I'd love it to be setting setting things straight as far as. Um, uh, funding for um, refuges for women go. I'd like, I'd like, you know, every woman to be able to l- live without fear. Okay. I've got a few more questions which I've been thinking of on the uh, spot. If you're, who are your absolute heroes? Um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Why? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was com- that was not expected okay. at all. Um, because she uh, really fights demons, and I think we all have demons. I think we're all in the in the business of fighting demons. Um, her demons manifested themselves, mm. um, and even when she was knocked out, and as as um, spoiler alert, but as uh, you know, fans of the program will know, even when she was dead, right. she uh, <laughs> came back and. Um, set about about um uh fighting for um you know against evil so i think um fictional hero buffy the vampire Slayer. um uh did you mean real people i meant anything. Any, anything anything um 
I think somebody said this. The, uh, we were at De- Deloitte the other night, and um, uh, a very um, amazing woman, uh, one of their partners, uh, Louise Brett, I met, and she was talking about. She was asked a question about role models at work, and um, she said, "If I were you," she said, "I would highly recommend a composite role model." So she said, "I would say." I'll take that bit of that person okay. and that bit of that person. I really like that bit of that person mm-hmm. because, you know, human beings are human beings. Um, and it's really difficult to set your stall by anybody sort of soup and to nuts. It's, it's, uh, Absolutely. it's, um, but, but I'd like that aspect of that person and that per- aspect of that person because anyone that stands up for what they believe in against, the flow against um, accepted wisdom, against conventional wisdom, has my vote as a hero or heroine. And it is ridiculously rare. And I don't think it's, I think it's almost getting rarer. I mm-hmm. think the um, conformity and this idea that permeates our business, actually, that it's, you know, you've got to be a, you know, a good team player to the extent that that means that you can't challenge the people that you're working with or you've got to collaborate um, because if you don't collaborate then you're causing trouble those things are not extremes you can you can challenge Mm -hmm. any great collaboration is only great because it's come from diverse points of view Um, uh, argument makes things better it doesn't destroy things Um, and so anyone who challenges conformity has my vote as a hero Uh, any examples or is there any? Uh, well, okay, Mary Wollstonecraft, who mm-hmm. wrote about the rights of women um, quite a long time ago. I'm yeah. not sure things have got sorted out. Um, Bodicea is interesting. I was reading about, I was hearing about Bodicea, a sort of slight reinterpretation of Bodicea as um, the original Brexiteer because she was um, fighting against... Um, tax levies of the Roman Empire yep. that had been imposed yep. on her kingdom in Iceni. Um but she certainly stood up for herself um, uh, Bette Davis who took on the entire cinema establishment because yep. she didn't feel as though she was being paid fairly for her work mm-hmm. um, I'm getting a theme yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you the other question we've never asked okay but um, when I was working in McDonald's, um, yeah. you have to sign in. I think I was one for... But there was, there was a real precedence of quality of numbers. Like 888 was a really good number to have, you know. And so I had like 1481, I think I had. And when you this signed in... This is your employee number? Yeah, so yeah. You, and that was you clocking in. And I always right. thought it'd be great to link that up to some music. So you, you were out the back signing in. It'd be great to have entrance music. So when oh, yeah. I walked into the kitchen... Theme tune. Theme tune, theme exactly. Tune, so like yeah. wrestling entrance music yeah. or whatever. Do you have a theme tune? Uh, well, that's what I'm about to ask you. Is if Do you, you have a theme tune? Uh, no. No? No. I, there was a great... Um, oh, I'm not going to remember. Was it Ali McBeal, the the show with Clarissa... Clarissa anyway, years yeah. ago, there was a, it was a lawyer thing. That is Ali and, McBeal, yeah. Um, in one episode, she went to a therapist and the therapist said, so you need a theme tune. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, okay, no, I have a theme tune. Um, but you're, I bet you could guess it, really. It's quite an old song. But, but when, I mean, I haven't gone for job interviews, for jobs. I have been for job interviews. I was like, I, I, I'd like everyone to know I haven't just sat here <laughs> all the time. People do still phone me. But I haven't been for a job interview that I've really wanted to get for a long time, mm-hmm. probably since I came to the 
job interview um, for here a long time ago. But I played this on my way to that job interview. Nice. And I used to play it quite a lot as, uh, you know, in the morning as the thing to uh, give me some confidence. Yeah. But it is a little bit of a cliche. I mean, what is it? I... I'm Im- from past conversation. I'm imagining it's either something Beyonce mm. or something feminist-led, basically. Yeah. Well, its sisters are doing sisters it for themselves are, yeah. with Aretha Franklin <laughs> and um, uh, oh, I've forgotten her name. Um, she's a bit of a hero of mine as well. Um, my brain's gone. Anyway, anyway, sisters are doing it for themselves, and um, uh, although it's not my favourite song yeah. by any means, I'd say I wouldn't mind having that play as a kind of theme tune because it, it, you know, it reminds mm. me to stand up for myself because I think it's. Um, uh, you know, it's easier to conform, isn't it? Fine. If I thought you were talking like entrance music, because entrance music, I'd have something really, really aggressive. Um, okay. Uh, but if it's just a theme, a theme st- tune, st- a sort of, of a yeah. What's, what stands out? It would be um, the th- the song I've always come back to. This too. Yeah. There's either um, Renegades of Funk by Rage Against the Machine, which is the cover of uh, the Big Daddy Kane song, which I I absolutely love. Right. Um, or Redemption song by uh, Joe Strummer, which again is a cover. Weirdly, they're both covers, but That's what I love is How, the, what done there's a message and then someone interpreting yeah. it, someone I love more than the original artist. Uh, Joe's my absolute hero, yeah. as you know. Um, got some questions from the School the of Life. Questions. The random questions. Someone, is, Matt Mee was saying to me, they've got a pack of these upstairs now, no the Global Strategy Unit, and they just fish one out and then everybody goes around and says... That's great. What they we did that on our pods with these. Is that inspired by these yes, pods? Yeah, yeah, Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh god how would people ideally respond when you told them what you did for a living um how would people ideally respond uh they'd um ask offer us their business <laughs> right when i said that what i did for a living that's easy i mean okay and if they're not prospective clients they might know someone they'd recommend <laughs> us to yeah, yeah. Oh, um thank you very much i mean your book, which is when I was going to talk about it, <laughs> is available everywhere. You can get it on Kindle, you can get it on paperback. It's less than the price of a... Pizza. Pizza. And a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on the Kindle. Um, to get involved. Uh, so I've got a copy, and uh, I haven't read it because I'm reading another book, and it's next in line. Okay. Um, Emma's... My wife has just finished it, and she loved it. Is it, is it right for men to read as well? Yeah, is it? I really think so. Um, I mean, you'll you'll tell me, um, <laughs> yeah. but it is written for men who want to help women who might be struggling with their career, for men who are managing women, for men who are managed by women, because I do think there is a cultural divide, um, even between those of us that really want to love and support each other. Um, and the, the more research that Catherine and I did for the book, the, the deeper the cultural divide seemed to be. So it's just a question of translation, and I think we can make this a more fun place to work. Somebody at one of the talks, a, a man who is approaching retirement, actually, he said, um, and he said he'd worked in a very um, uh, 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 business you know, run by men for a long time. And he said... I really would like this to change for any young men out there, he said, because this has not been that much fun. And I think working with great, talented men and women is much more fun than uh, otherwise. Fantastic. Well, Sue, thank you very much. Thank you. We'd, we'd like to know, I think, what everybody would like asked. 
next, wouldn't we? Would we? Yeah, so, we yeah, so we've got a few guests lined up, internal yeah. and external. So if there's any questions, any generic questions uh, that you want asked, just send them through to me or Sue. Yeah. Thank okay. you very much. Thanks, everyone.